This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We're still coming off clean and reeling from our new logo launch. I Woo! know. What did you guys think? I think it looks amazing. That's right. I could not be more thrilled. They got a new attitude. Yeah, it's like a new new look. Same show. And just wait, y'all. If you are interested in having uh, some merchandise with our logo on it, we are going to be creating that too. Yep, we're still. Yeah, we appreciate you guys. That's all. So with our new logo in place and our, uh, you know, just our asses in the seat recording for you, I <laughs> bring to you. Ooh. Oh, God, you guys, it's tough. It's tough. It is it goes down in my... I, I'm going to say it. I'm going to embarrass myself here. It goes down in my top three favorite rom-com, rom-coms. Okay. And well, it's a, it's such a fun movie. From a, I, As a child, I will say. this is I watched it mostly. It came out in 1987. The movie that I will be covering for you today is Overboard, starring Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. Yes. It's so good. I know. It's so good. But like on... I have seen this movie. I mean, hundreds of times. My sister and I can quote swaths of this movie, movie in which we actually do do that. We do do it. <laughs> but I am watching now as an adult woman, and it has been quite a few years. I, I, I'm not going to shit on this movie, Mom. Don't worry. It's, it's our favorite. We love this movie. It's one of those movies that you could just put on in the background and fold clothes and clean and just know the lines and it's funny and I love Goldie Hawn. And the chemistry obviously and is Kurt amazing. And Kurt Russell, amazing chemistry. They're both beautiful. I always think, like anytime for some reason the image from this movie that springs to mind is never like when she's at the farm, you know, there's some funny ones there but I always remember that she's got her hair in like this crazy like high bun thing with these weird sunglasses yes. on in her bathing suit and she's just what I just for some reason I remember just being like I'm obsessed with Goldie Hawn no sh- this is an amazing character I think she's my I think Joanna Staten in the character she plays was my fashion icon as a child I think that she influenced a lot of the way and and you know she her character is based off a very rich Heiress mm-hmm. where her mother, it's almost like old money. Is anybody watching The Gilded Age? It's like, Ooh, you yeah. can tell, like, her mom in the movie is like, they're just like sitting with a dog being painted, you know? So I guess I was thinking, like, I know a lot of people have seen this movie, and then probably some of you haven't seen this movie, depending on your age, and, you know, it may not have just made up and on. So I'm going to try and tell a, a little bit like you've never, 
never yeah, seen Yeah, they did it. do a remake, but we're... Oh, I refuse. We're saying right now, like, re- original Won't all the do way. It. If no. you haven't seen it, don't skip to the... Don't skip the original. I would definitely. Yeah, if you saw the new one and didn't see the original, then I think you will be in for a sort of treat if you could at least put some... Uh, Plot points. Yeah, some blinders on. So it, like I said, it's one of my favorite films. It's directed by Gary Marshall, who also directed Pretty Woman, which we mm-hmm. are was our premiere episode for the season. He also directed A League of Their Own, one of my freaking favorite movies. So good. And then Ooh. he he also did Never Been Kissed from 1999, which I love oh. that movie too. Yeah, he passed away one. in 2016, but um, but he's done a lot of. Uh, rom-com type stuff and I just think he does understand the comedic timing the thing about Mm -hmm. this movie is they're going for the screwball comedy which is kind of like outlandish quick uh, quick comedy physical comedy physical yeah yeah. And and, and they accomplish that I think you know some of the reviews are bad wait before we start let's I want you guys to hear the trailer yes Call for a carpenter? That's my wife's department. Mrs. Grant Staten III. Grant, I'm on the phone! Always knew what she wanted. I'm not paying for your mistake. And she always got it. You haven't got a single thing on this earth to do except for your hair. She had power. Taste. What is this gelatinous muck? Style. Are you going to bring me my lemon or do I have to squeeze it from my hat? And... Amnesia. Seems a mystery woman was picked up by the Elk Cove Garbage Cow shortly after midnight. Excuse me, miss. Can you tell me your name? Of course I know my name. It's... Missing link person is not my husband. Welcome home, baby. Whoa! Hey, look who's home. Hi, mom. <sighs> what is it I normally do? Goldie Horn. <laughs> Kurt Russell. <laughs> Overboard. So fun, right? It's it, so fun. I want to watch it right now. Me too. So we open in on this movie and they're in Oregon, on the Oregon coast in like an old, probably like a logging community. And there's this massive yacht. We're talking a yacht with like like 50 employees. There's like people downstairs. Did you ever watch those uh, that reality TV show with like the waiters that worked on the yachts? No. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. I'm so mad at myself. But anyways, it's like basically you are catering to... Uh, super the super rich like the people yeah. the few people in the world who have these massive yachts yeah. and I actually saw I, I went to Venice in 2012 with my husband for a work thing and we ended up staying there a long time so I like walked everywhere and way past past all the like little stuff were six huge yachts I'm talking I mean not as big as like a cruise liner but bigger than I had ever seen and that is money that I do not understand I'll tell you that much (laughs) I remember when I was dog walking in New York City I would walk over to the Hudson River like yeah right around where the pier is you know where they've got like the driving range oh yes and all the sunset cruises and there would be some super super yachts that were docked there that I was like holy cow yes 
Absolutely. I wouldn't even know what to do with this boat. <laughs> well, and, and t- yeah, no, absolutely. So this is like jo- Joanna is the owner of one of these d- yachts and her husband is like just a deep, I was going to say a deep sheet, but kind of like a deep sheet. He's a deep sheet. <laughs> you can tell that they've gotten together uh, just because they're both rich and they're marrying for money or to stay in the same class or whatever. It's Edward Herman is the guy who plays Grant. Grant Staten, who is her husband, and he's just an asshole. He's he's shooting skeet at the time, which is like just off the dock, throwing in like what clay in the air and right. shooting it. Anyways, so at this point, Joanna is, and I love Goldie Hawn gives her such a good character. Andrew, that's her person who takes care of her. Um, she's in an she talks in an effective voice. Anyway, she's like, "There's I'm having an emergency," and so she's called for a carpenter to come fix her emergency. And it's Kurt Russell, and he looks good. Good. She looks yeah. good. I mean, she's in like this like tiny little suit. And at this point, I think she has like a big hat on and heels. <laughs> and she just is so cute. And by the way, I, I just have to point this out. But when you watch this, their really expensive yacht, it looks like it's been like 80s puffy painted everywhere. Uh, you, I, I'm like, is that, I guess that was a cool thing. It's like faux marble. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're on the water. Stuff is going to. I guess. Fade away. So you just got to make it look good in the moment. It's just hard when I see things like that now that are still, you know, that in houses. I'm like, wow, this is not aged well. Sorry. (laughs) Just I digress. But so she brings Kurt Russell in and she's disgusted by him. He's sweaty. And he's she's like, I need somewhere to put my shoes and all this stuff in her walk in closet in her yacht, by the way. And he's Mm -hmm. like, well, I was told this was an emergency. She's like, it is, you know. And (laughs) so she's like, you have 48 hours. I suppose you better get on. So he gets on it. He's doing his thing. And there's a point as she waits for her closet to be done and she's sunbathing on the deck next to her husband, who is still shooting skate. Jesus Christ. She says, these gnats keep landing on my wet nail polish. I guess I'm supposed to walk around with their corpses stuck to my fingers. Is that it? And then he's like, Joanna, please. Well, it isn't. Well, it's easy for you to say. You don't have to sit here in the brine with your perm frizzing to oblivion. And <laughs> it's so funny. I just love it. <sighs> and then anyways, one thing leads to another. Kurt Russell's done finally done with the the closet she comes downstairs and it's kind of amazing he's showing her he's created this he's really you know what he's kind of clever he's created this like uh non-mechanical way to bring the some of the shoes forward he's like it's like a on a little chain or what is it, what is it like a, right like a like a little a levy type like, yeah so like it's bringing the shoes system. forward and bringing them back and it's actually and then she's like I'm sorry, what is this made of? What is this? And he's like, it's wood. No, what is this? It's uh, it's oak. He's like, she's like, everyone should know that a closet is made of cedar. And one thing leads to another. She fires him. He freaks out because, you know, we find out later, but he has four kids at home. His wife had died. Like, he's just trying to make ends meet. He really needed this job. He needs that $600. And so he's like, fine, I'm not leaving. I am staying on this boat. And the boat's leaving. She's like, you know, engines go. And... And she ends up pushing him off the boat and throwing his expensive tools into the water. And he is pissed. And also, it feels, you know, that's awful. This is actually the same beginning of the uh, series Pam and Tommy, by the way. Oh, yeah, is it? That's the inciting incident. Oh, I don't want want to give away too much. But yeah, because um, Tommy 
he doesn't pay somebody and it unfairly treats them like shit, what comes to him is yeah. pretty bad. And that's kind of how this sort of started. So that night, she, they're, they're, Joanna and her husband and her 50 or plus crew are floating in the ocean and she forgot her wedding ring because she her nails were dry weren't dry remember so she didn't put her jewelry back on so she goes out to the you know deck and is looking and there's wind and she falls overboard which is my fucking nightmare mm-hmm. oh my god so she falls over nobody knows anything you know nobody can hear anything it's loud the next day Kurt Russell um, his name is uh, Dean is watching the news and he's telling all his he's telling his best friend all of his woes of like I can't believe she did that I'm gonna eat that money like we really need yeah I really need like I need somebody to watch the kids I gotta you know there was like a caseworker who came down because the kids seemed neglected for, at his house anyways they see on the news that somebody was retrieved from the water um, some garbage dump people picked her uh, it's her and on the news he sees that his her husband comes to the jail sale or wherever it is doesn't identify her he's like saw his way out he did he did because she is a nightmare a bit and um but still that's but and she doesn't know who she is right like she can't remember who she is yes she has amnesia so she and he's in that two-way glass and he asks the police person he's like can she see me? And they're like, no. And he's like, I've never seen this woman in, his li- in my life. And so he leaves. And so on the TV, uh, Dean sees her husband leaving and realizing she has damnesia. He's like, you know what? I'm going to get my money back. And I'm like, well, what are you going to do, sir? They devise I'm going a plan. to enslave this woman. I mean, that is crazy and true. Like, yeah. what did you say before? Avram, we were talk- when we were talking about this, what is this movie about? A story about a man who kidnaps a woman and then uses her for- as a slave. I mean, that is essentially it. And it's like cute because they're kind of like keeping the music light and everything's bright and airy. He picks her up. Kurt Russell, Dean, picks her up and she's a, such a bitch. And everyone at this like, it's a like a mental hospital is so excited for her to leave. He ends up knowing the way he identifies her is that she has like a little strawberry like um, birthmark on her upper right buttock. The only reason he knows that is because she was wearing this like very scandalous bathing suit on the yacht. And so she he takes her home and she's this she's like this doesn't feel right all these things he makes her sit in while they're driving he makes her sit in the back of this pickup truck and again one of my favorite lines my sister and i would i would always do is like i just uh, ate a bug he's like well you better keep your mouth closed yeah because she's like she's super mean right so why this movie still works even though if you really break down the plot it's horrible and horrifying is that she's horrible she was horrible to him and he basically makes her, you know, pay for it in a yeah. very comedic way. Like she's this uppity, super rich woman, but she can't remember that detail. But she's yeah. still at her core, that person. And yeah. he puts her to work. But and he I will lives say, like out in the, in the, you know. Yeah. I don't know what the right word well, for it so, is. Well, so the re- he's going to have her watch his kids and kind of do some grunt work for him. And um, so she, so Joanna initially has... Or lots of trouble dealing with Dean's sons because he they're just dicks. And all of the chores that he has her do. But she does soon adapt. And as she masters her responsibilities, she learns, okay, so this is where she this is where she becomes sort of like 
uh, this is where you fall in love with freaking Goldie Hawn. But she, she learns that the boys aren't doing good in school and there's family issues and that Dean is actually work, secretly working two jobs. He's like shoveling poop on the side to pay all the bills. Well, guess what? She falls in love with him and she develops motherly love towards her sons. And she starts like thinking, okay, how can I help this? And she starts efficiently budgeting and like convinces Dean to be responsible, you know, more responsible. And, and like, you know, they're schooling and she's kind of making him be, she's, she's showing not her old, old colors. She's becoming a nicer person, which is probably a little far-fetched because, you know, she probably would be having a psychotic break at this point where right. she, you know, in real life because she, but she deals with it. I mean, the, okay, wait, I have to say one thing. When she comes, the first night she stays there, she's sitting in the bed. He goes out to drink with his buddies and he's like, I'm going to have a little fun with her tonight. So he throws whiskey on his chest and he essentially pretends that he's going to have sex with her and he's, and she's terrified and yeah. They do it in a way where, like, the, I guess the tone is not so rapey, but there's a point where he's like, no boom boom. She's like, no boom boom. <laughs> and then he makes her sleep on the couch. And, and then anytime he gets mad at her, he throws her in a bucket of water. So there's some serious, yeah. weird, abusive, crazy shit that happens. But anyways, so Dean and his buddy have this, like, dream of building their own mini golf course because isn't that a fun dream? I love mini golf. Um... So she helps him. And eventually, it's been four months, guys. Four goddamn months. She's with this family. Yeah, he's been lying to her about who she is. Because she thinks she thinks that, that she's the mother of these kids. And she exactly. isn't. So also, like, horrible. Just the meanest thing you could do to somebody. But then Joanna's mother, her name's Edith, uh, is she's such a good character. Oh, my God. What actress is that? I have to tell you. Give me one second. I will tell oh, you. Oh, yes. Oh, Catherine Hellman. She is incredible. That redhead. I love her so much. She's um, so good. And she's like, because earlier in the movie, when she's talking to her mother on the phone, she's like, oh, um, I forget. What's his name? Wants me to have a, Ed, 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 Edward wants me to have a baby. And her mother says, well, you know, Joanne, if you have a baby, you won't be the baby anymore. <laughs> I love that. It's good. That's another line that my sister and I always say to each other. But anyways, after four months, Joanna's mom, uh, she figures out Joanna's fate and threatens to have Grant hunted down, forcing him to reluctantly end the part. So what happened now is Grant has gotten these uh, escorts or party girls or sex workers that are that he's partying with. And another line that my sister and I would always say is that one of the um, workers was named Tafuti and he would he was like, Tafuti, where are you, Tafuti? Where are you when I need you? Tofuti. It's also an ice cream. Uh, that's true. That's amazing. I wonder if that's where they came up with the name for it. They're like, remember Overboard? Yeah, <laughs> probably. So Joanna's mom is going to kill Grant if he doesn't go back and be like, just kidding, guys. That was my wife that you found in the water. That's right. OK, so he gets her. I'm reading this off of Wikipedia. Joanna finds her old lifestyle boring as she is uncomfortable with how rude Grant and Edith treat the both staff. Oh, interesting. She apologizes to her butler, Andrew, Andrew and the boat crew for her spiteful treatment towards them and soon realizes how happy she was with Dean and his sons, prompting her to turn the yacht back towards Elk Cove. The next morning, when Grant finds out that Joanna has changed course, he becomes insane and takes charge of the boat, admitting that he purposefully abandoned Joanna and had numerous affairs with other women in her absence. 
Dean and the boys arrive on a Coast Guard boat to rescue Joanna, but are called away due to the sighting of salmon poachers. And Dean grabs a life jacket and swims toward the yacht, and Joanna does the same. And insane Grant furiously takes aim at Joanna with a bow and an arrow, only to be booted overboard by Andrew. You know, because he does. And then after reuniting with Dean, Joanna assures him that she will divorce Grant for his infidelity so that she can marry Dean and have his sons. Guess what? Guess what? Inherit her fortune. It's not his. It's her money. Oh, that's right. And then at the end, um, Dean says, what could I give you that you don't already have? And in the sweetest little Goldie Hawn voice, she goes, a little girl. So like, let's have another baby. But I guess once you have that many kids. So it is a fantasy, but it's just a... For me, I guess seeing it, you know, get him young. I've seen it since I was a little kid. I freaking love... If anything, I just love Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. I would watch them do anything, and they're, like, my favorite couple. And they have amazing chemistry, and it's, again, like you mentioned, the whole kind of, it's a screwball comedy, right? So even though when you break it down, it's it's horrible, like, abuse yes. and kidnapping, it's done in a way that's very comedic. Like, the way <sighs> that she's, you know, attempting to, like, get out of this bucket of water is, you know, yeah. it makes you laugh, even though... It's, you know. I mean, even her looks, like she can look like a side eye. It's hilarious. Oh, okay. So there is, I haven't been doing reviews, but there is, interestingly, just like a like a critical response on the Wikipedia and they're all like really tight. So I'm going to read a couple of these. <laughs> the critics mostly did not like this movie. So let's see. There's a uh, reviewer from Rotten Tomatoes said, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell's comedic chops elevate waterlogged material, but not even their buoyant chemistry can keep Overboard's, Overboard's creepy concept afloat. I mean, I kind of think it did, though, just for me. Variety praised Hawn's performance, but called the film uninspiring, unsophisticated attempt at an updated screwball comedy and that is brought down by the plotting script and a handful of two broadly drawn characters. Whatever. And then <laughs> the Washington Post... <laughs> called it a deeply banal farce with one-dimensional characters, a good long look at her buttocks, and a lots of pathetic sex jokes. Well, I could see that a little bit. And then Roger Ebert, he actually liked it. He said, yes, while, it, while it's predictable, he wrote, the things that make it special, however, are the genuine charm, wit, and warm energy generated by the entire cast and director, Gary Marshall. I like that. Yeah. I like it. It's a fun one. I mean, again, I would never say don't watch this movie because I, like you, saw it when I was young and it just always made me laugh so hard and brought me a lot of joy. And yeah, yeah. maybe inspired a little bit of like fashion ideas in my young oh, brain. So good. Because um, yeah, it's, it's, she has the greatest wardrobe in when she's the rich lady. <laughs> yeah, no, only when she's the rich lady. <laughs> and, then, and then she's just wearing like his his like oversized clothes when she's his kidnap victim. (laughs) Amazing. I love it. It makes me want to watch it after we finish recording. Okay. So I obviously was trying to come up with a crime to tie into this. And I thought to myself, okay, what about a story about, I don't know, some uppity rich lady gets murdered by her staff, like a member of her staff or something. Um, But ultimately I was, I always type in ever since I got lucky with practical magic, I always just type in the name of the movie and then true crime just to see, you know, like there's some crime in some real way connected to the film. And there isn't in this case. However, there was something that kept coming up immediately. The only thing that came up when I typed in overboard true crime was 
uh, like links to a 2020 episode also called Overboard. Weirdly, uh, uh. didn't know this when I picked this crime. Uh, the episode is hosted by my like is by my father-in-law. He's the investigative no journalist. Yeah. yeah. So shout out to my father-in-law Jim Avila. Um, this episode, I think, originally aired in 2009, but they basically did. It's almost like a re a revisit to it, like an update oh. because you know things happen, and so there's interviews from back in the you know when it all went down originally, mm. and then there's interviews from this aired in like 2020. Um, and there's interviews from that time as well. Uh, so the episode is called Overboard. It's an episode of uh, 2020. I think it's like season 42, episode 14. Wow, wow. look at me. I got it. I Well, I got, a, I got a shout out for my for my family. Um, <laughs> and, and because when you had mentioned this movie, I had this spark of a thought of a crime that I remember when you say Overboard kind of like striking something in me and I'm just going to go ahead and do a warning here for anyone listening because as you know I'm the true crime person this is um such an upsetting crime story that it's it's the kind of thing that will keep you up at night and Uh certainly the first time that I heard it it like it it draws fear in a very real way because it's it's so unimaginably evil and it's committed by real people like real people do this to real other people oh. and it's and it's evil and it's horrible. And so this is just fair warning that we're in for a really, really sad ride. Um, but the bad guys do get caught. So at least there's that. They're not still roaming around. It's not That's that good. kind of scary. All right. So I'm going to tell you guys the story of the murders of Tom and Jackie Hawks. So. Tom and Jackie Hawks were considered by every one of their many, many friends, they were a well-loved couple, to just be like the epitome of of a, an amazing love story. They were both, um, so he was divorced when they met. He had two sons that he basically mostly raised. He did share custody with his wife, but he was the primary um, custodial parent. And uh, he was at a chili cook-off when he saw this absolutely stunning, stunning woman that would be Jackie. And he was staring at her so long that she actually noticed and smiled at him. And then he felt like he needed to go say hello since he had just been obviously like really looking at her for a long time. (laughs) Anyway, they hit it off. That's 1986. In 1989, they are married with 150 of their closest friends. She is called mom by his two sons, even though their mom is still living and in their lives. They love this woman so just as much that she is also mom. Now, she was married when she was in her early 20s. And so tragically, she was on her husband's motorcycle with him and they were hit by a car. Her husband was killed. She was severely injured in so much that her injuries impacted her ability to have children. So she never was able to have her own kids, but she loved these two boys like they were her own. And they loved her like she was their own. Anyway, Hardworking, wonderful, loving family. He was a probation officer. They were very, very frugal. They had a plan. So while they weren't rich, he had made some good investments and a couple of like real estate things. And they saved and saved and saved so that by the time he was, I think it was 55, they he was going to be able to retire. Nice. And, and they had saved enough money that they were going to buy a yacht and spend their retirement Ooh. cruising around the world, you know, via yacht. So they put together the money, they get this yacht. It's a 55 foot trawler. So it's not like one of those super yachts, but it's, you know, it's got two bedrooms. 
Um, it's a little bit of like a, you know, it's that it needs some work. And they name it, and I love this so much, they name the yacht The Well-Deserved. Mm. And they put another like $50,000 into fixing it up, and it's immaculate. They redo the inside with teak wood, so it wasn't cedar, but it was teak. <laughs> they update all of the equipment, so they've got like the highest level of like GPS and you know navigational equipment on there. And they are just meticulous in their care and love for this boat. And they spend two years of their lives cruising up and down the California and Mexico um, coastline. So like, remember where I got married, Vaughn? Yes, kind I do. Kind of like down through Baja, that area. That area yeah. will come into play in the story. Um, and they do this for two years until they get a bit of super life-changing news. Their youngest boy is having a baby. And they are going to be grandparents for the first time. And while Tom is excited, Jackie is like, over the moon excited to get to be the grandmother to a brand new baby you know as I mentioned she was never able to have her own kids and she's just they can't wait and they decide that you know what okay we've had this amazing two years of like cruising around adventuring you know they take all these home videos of the two of them on the yacht there's like dolphins he's always working out he's like a real fitness buff and she's always complimenting him she's like there's tom working out on the deck over there doesn't he look so good oh mm. he's so handsome and he is really strong like you can tell i like think he kurt was like kurt russell handsome yeah like kurt russell handsome um Cute. they're super like fitness buff like southern californians you yeah. know and so they decide they're going to sell the yacht and um, buy maybe like a smaller boat and a smaller home in Mexico, in a, in a town in Mexico that's very close to Arizona, which is where their, their kids live and now their grandchild's going to live. Um, they're from Prescott, Arizona originally. So that's the plan. And on November 12th, they take the yacht out for one last big hurrah with a bunch of their friends, including Tom's brother, uh, Jim. Jim Hawks. They all meet in Catalina Island. They have like a little dinner party and they say, we think we've sold the boat. We found a seller. Um, we're super excited and we're going to start this next chapter of our lives. And we're so sad to be leaving the well-deserved behind. But we know that yeah. these this young couple is going to take really good care of it. And we just can't wait to be grandparents that just dote on our grandbaby. So then on November 15th, uh, uh, Tom calls like one of his friends and he's saying like, hey, you know, we I'm here with the buyer. We're going to take him out for like a speed, like a, a, a test drive basically for the boat. Like we're going to go out to Catalina, let him kind of mess around with it, you know, drive it, test drive it. And then I think we're good. I think the sell the sales is, is completed. And um, that is the last time anybody ever hears from Tom and Jackie Hawk. So their family members knew that that was the plan, right? That they were going to do this test drive and then they were going to kind of make their way back home for Thanksgiving. So then the day before, I believe, Thanksgiving comes around and they still haven't heard anything since that day that, you know, they said that they were going to do this test drive. They're starting to get concerned. It's not like them not to answer their phones. Um, And so one of the sons, I think it was Ryan, Ryan Hawks, calls his uh, uncle, Tom's brother, Jim, who happens to be a former San Diego police chief. So he's like, hey, we haven't heard from them. This is really weird. You know, Thanksgiving is tomorrow and they're supposed to be coming for Thanksgiving. And we so he immediately, Jim, gets in his car and drives to Newport Beach, which is where they would dock their boat. um, And that's where they were going to sell the boat from. And um, the well-deserved is parked right in its normal, like, you know, slot on the dock. 
Mm -hmm. But he can tell immediately by looking at it that something isn't quite right. There's like a dirty towel hanging out of like one of the ports. The dinghy for the for the boat is not tied properly and the motor was left in the water. And as I mentioned, like Tom and Jackie were really good sailors and, Mm. you know, captain and first mate. And they would never just like not take care of their boat and their equipment. Mm -hmm. So they also noticed that like there are tarps that have been like kind of halfway pulled down a lot of the technical equipment on board and it just doesn't look right so Jim pulls out one of his business cards and writes on it hi my brother was the owner of this boat we cannot locate him we know you purchased the boat from him we were wondering if you could just give us a call and tell us if you've seen or heard from them and the next day he does get a call from Jennifer de Leon, who is like, yes, hi, my husband Skylar and I did buy this boat. Actually, we too have been trying to get a hold of them because they left some of their personal items on board and we don't know, you know, how to get it back to them. And then also we have some questions about some of the, you know, how to use some of the stuff on board. So we will let you know if we hear from them, but also will you please let us know if you hear from them because we need to talk to them as well. So, you know, everyone is still unbelievably concerned they reach out to they had a good friend her name was Trisha and because they had been living on this boat cruising around for two years she was the one who would like take care of paying their bills and their financial stuff since they would be sometimes in foreign countries and then in open water with no connection to the internet Mm. and so she goes and she checks and she's like well that's weird because if they if someone bought their boat they would have most definitely deposited that money and there has been no deposit on their account and that doesn't make any sense And so Jim is like, okay, something is definitely wrong. And he officially files a missing persons report with the Newport Beach or the Newport, California Police Department. And um, so now they are (laughs) looking into it and they look into Skylar and Jennifer. And it turns out Skylar is actually uh, has a record. He's a convicted felon um, who was in prison for armed robbery and so they're like okay Uh also it's this like young couple and they're like how would these people afford a yacht you know it's a half a million dollars to buy this right so they start looking into him they also get a search warrant for the boat and when they go aboard the boat besides it being kind of a mess they find a receipt from target that's weird to them because on the receipt is garbage bags, bleach, and Tums. And one of the cops in this episode is like, you know, you got your clean kit for if you're going to murder someone, you got your cleanup kit. And then you got, you know, if you have even a little bit of a conscience, you maybe have some Tums because you're going to have some stomach issues because you're doing a really bad thing. And I was oh, like, God. interesting. So they track the receipt and in Target, everything's always on camera. So anytime you make a purchase, like right. you're on camera buying it and then you're on camera exiting. And so they know what Skylar looks like because he has a record so they could look him up. His photos are in the system. And they're surprised when they see that the purchaser of these items is, is not Skylar. In fact, it's like a middle-aged dude. And they're like, who the heck is this guy? So turns out the guy who had been purchasing the stuff at the Target is Jennifer, Skylar's wife's dad. They question him. He's like, yeah, they just asked me to pick up some stuff. Jennifer had sent her dad to buy this stuff um, because they're cleaning up this new boat that they bought. So that's Mm -hmm. why I bought this stuff. You know, you also buy trash bags to throw out trash and you buy bleach to like wipe down floors. Um, And so... They're like, oh, okay. They br- so they bring Skylar in and they, they want to ask him some questions. And he basically tells them the way it worked was we met up with them in the parking lot on the, like there's a parking lot on 15th Street where the dock is, where the boats are parked. He brought a suitcase like full of cash. He gave it to 
uh, Tom and Jackie, they had a notary there. They signed over the boat to him um, and they left and drove away in their Honda, their silver Honda CRV. And we haven't seen them since. And he is able to produce all of the documents that are completely legitimate with the signatures of the Hawks, his signature, his wife's signature, the notary signature and a witness's signature. So police are basically stuck. They know something is wrong, that this couple would not just disappear but they also know that like this these two young this young married couple that bought the boat they they legally own this boat they have all of the proof that they do and they can't prove any foul play in any way so they do what they always have to do which is what they never want to do they reach out to the media and they put out photos of the couple and they basically say what we need to find because we do believe that foul play has befallen them. Like we don't think that they're out there somewhere. But what we want to find is their car. So they also specifically are like this Honda CRV with these Arizona license plates. We need to find this because maybe if we find this, at least then we can backtrack and figure out where, they, where they've been and what's going on. So the very next day, they get a phone call, a woman who was like an expat living down in Mexico right outside of Ensenada. It's just crazy to me because this is literally yeah. like the same area where my my husband's family has a house. We got married out there. Um, so I'm very familiar. This woman calls and she's like, hey, I saw about the car and the couple on the TV. And I, I'm I'm looking at that car right now. It's in the parking lot of my like of this like trailer park area. And she even snaps a photo and like sends it to them. She's like, this Whoa. is the car, right? So immediately police are like, off to Mexico, so the Mexican we'll authorities, <laughs> yeah, Mexican authorities come. They, the Newport police come, and they find the guy who, who has the car, and they're like, "Do you know where Tom and Jackie Hawks are?" And he's like, "I have don't know who Tom and Jackie Hawks are." And they're like, "Well, that's their car." And he's like, "No, my friend gave me that car." And, he, and they're like, "Well, who's your friend?" And he's like, "My friend Skyler gave me this car." Uh-oh. So now police are like motherfuckers they lied obviously because they said the last thing they saw him was in the parking lot when they got like the the bill of sale for the boat gave them the cash and they drove away but now we know that he actually was the one that gave their car away they also find video footage of Skylar and Jennifer at a bank in Arizona attempting to empty out uh Jackie and Tom's bank accounts But they explain this away because they also, in addition to the bill of sale for the boat, they have a durable power of attorney agreement signed by the Hawks that basically made them power of attorney of all of their assets. Now, police are like, no. And their family Mm -mm. members are like, what? No. Why would they do that? But cool, calm and collected Skylar, who has an answer for everything, is like, no, this is this is exactly why they did that. We, um, you know, because. We'd gotten such a good deal on the yacht. We wanted to help them out. Their plan was to buy a little house in Mexico. Now, this is all verified by their friends and family. Like, the, sto- the stories Skylar tells them about their plans are the same plans that they had told their family members. Mm. And he's like, "I, you cannot buy me- land or you cannot buy a house in Mexico unless you're a Mexican citizen or you can establish residency. So I said I could help them out because he had dual citizenship. Um, And that's why I was just going to help him get property. And, and that's why they did all this now police aren't buying any of this but but at the same time they're like shit all this paperwork is legit so they start bringing in the other witnesses to the so-called bill of sale so we got the notary who signed it right and then they had to bring in a witness which they brought in one of uh skylar's friends a a guy named alonso machain who weirdly enough was like a guard at the prison where uh skylar had gone to jail for that armed robbery 
Um, and they had become buddies during that time. So they became friends. Another thing to note was that while in prison for this armed robbery, he was on a work release program. So Skylar would actually leave prison during the day to go to work and then come back at night. And so he and Alonzo would hang out a lot, you know, like they go out and grab pizza and do friend things when he was on work release. Um, another Smells thing that they, fishy. Yep. And so another thing that they ask him is like, where'd you get this money? We know that your wife is a hairstylist and you're like an electrician. So how did you have a half a million dollars? Oh, of cash? I can tell you. I can tell you. She's charging for children's haircuts. Oh, for $130. there you go. <laughs> there kidding. you go. So she's making so much money. <laughs> but anyway, so he basically tries to tell them like I was an actor when I was a kid because that's another thing, guys. It turns out when Skylar was a kid, he was a non-speaking extra in two episodes of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. But as an adult, he told everybody that he had been a child star. <laughs> um, and so he's like, so I had some investments and I saved money from that. And that's why I've got the money. And then he stops himself in his police interview. And he's like, you know what? I don't know why I'm lying to you guys. Like, you're going to figure out that this isn't true. He's like, the truth is, is that when I went to prison for this robbery, it was basically like they robbed like a, a drug ring. So they stole drug money. And he's like, and I, I hid my money before I was caught and I have it. And I was basically trying to clean my money by purchasing this yacht. So he admits that he was money laundering, that he gave them dirty drug money for their yacht in hopes to like flip the yacht into clean money and start afresh. And they're so shocked by this confession of like an illegal act that they're kind of like, oh, I, okay, he must, he must not be lying, right? Until they find out about the car. Now they use the confession of money laundering to arrest him and get a search warrant for his house in the house. They find Tom and Jackie's laptop. They had all those home movies I mentioned, right? They find their video recorders and when they put it on, it's the videos of them like out at sea and then all of a sudden like cuts off and it's now videos of, uh, Skylar and Jennifer's family Thanksgiving. Like they just started recording their own family memories over the, these people's memories. Now, they can only hold Skylar as a, you know, for technically for the money laundering stuff. So they start leaning really, really hard on the notary. She has not had any prior like criminal history of any kind. And finally, through like really hardcore questioning and being like, these people were murdered and we know you're lying. She finally breaks. She doesn't break in the interview, but she has a lawyer reach out and say, my, my client would like to make a statement. And she admits that she never actually met you know, because all four of them. So Jennifer right. Schuyler, Alonzo, the witness, and um, Kathleen, the notary, all had the same story about the parking lot, and they were sticking to their story. So she finally admits she was never in that parking lot. She never met them. She had been paid cash up front to sign and backdate the documents that the two couples had signed. Um, so now they bring Alonzo in. Because they can tell Skylar is just not going to break. Like, he's, he thinks he has an answer for everything. But they're like, Alonzo is this young dude. We can totally get him to break. So they offer him, like, a greatly reduced sentence if he will explain to them what happens. And so he says that Skylar told him that he was an international assassin who only assassinated bad people. And that he needed to kill this bad, bad couple but because it was the the man in question was like a very buff, large man, he was going to need some help. But he would pay Alonzo one million U.S. dollars if he would help him. 
And for some reason, this prison guard was like, yeah, that sounds great. So here's the horrific thing, though. Because Alonzo cooperates, he gives full, like, I was there and witnessed and heard everything account of what happened to Tom and Jackie Hawks. So on November 15th, that day of the test drive, Skyler shows up with Alonzo and then a third guy whose name is John F. Kennedy. Literally, his name is John Fitzgerald Kennedy, but he's not that JFK. He is another guy from prison who uh, Skyler had met while in jail, and he was like one of the original founding members of the Long Beach Crips, and he was like the muscle. Now, Tom was a probation officer, as I mentioned, and so he immediately sizes these three dudes up, and he's like, I don't think so. And they start kind of immediately kind of backtracking being like we're not today the weather's no good we're gonna have to do this a different time so Skylar steps away and calls his wife Jennifer he's like you need to come come over here and and meet the people who are selling us their boat now she shows up she has a one-year-old baby and she's pregnant and she just completely eases their mind Jackie is over the moon for little one-year-old Haley, their daughter. She's holding the baby. They're, you know, talking all about how excited she is to be a grandmother. And so with Jennifer's arrival, they finally, you know, like the the wariness or, you know, the something's not right here with these other dudes vibe kind of disappears because Jackie yeah. is now relaxed. So then Tom is relaxed. And then last minute, Jennifer's like, the baby won't stop screaming, guys, I'm not going to go on the boat with you guys, but I'll see you when you get back. So she gets off the boat and Tom, Jackie, Skylar, Alonzo and JFK sail off and they sail towards Catalina. And at some point, uh, Skylar and JFK tell Tom that they want to show him something downstairs. Like, can you come look at this thing and explain it to us? You know, again, they have a lot of like high tech equipment. And Alonzo stays up with Jackie and very shortly they hear what sounds like a struggle coming. And now Alonzo knows that this is a sign that it's all started. They basically like tie the couple up, you know, like handcuff them and, you know, they're beating up on on Tom because he's trying to fight back. And they keep asking, like, why are you doing this to us? We trusted you like you, you. you just introduced us to your baby. Like, yeah. you know, what we want all we want to do is be with our grandkid. Like, why are you doing this? And, you know, they're not getting an answer. And they're each brought individually upstairs to sign documents like a durable power of attorney under against their will. Sign that sign the bill of sale um, for the boat. And Jackie, very smartly, when she's signing it, she signs her name Jackie Hawk, even though their name is Jackie Hawks. So she's like, yeah. she's indicating, she, they know they're going to be killed, but she's indicating to, to someone out there in the future to figure out that it was, you know, they didn't give these people their boat willingly. Right. So after they've signed the paperwork, she, she's freaking out. They basically take the chain from the anchor of the boat, cuff them to the, like the, all the way at the farthest end from the anchor point itself. And... With It takes like all three dudes to lift the anchor because that's how heavy it is after Skylar has navigated it to the deepest p- parts of the water off Catalina Island, which is like 3,500 feet deep. They, uh, as the couple is begging them not to hurt them and then 
Tom, Alonzo describes Tom as like rubbing his wife's arm and saying, everything's going to be okay. Where we're going, we're going together. Everything's going to be okay. We're going to be together. It takes the two guys, um, JFK and Skylar, to lift this anchor off and they throw it overboard. And because the chain is so long, all that anyone can hear is like the sound of that clinking chain Uh. sound going off the boat. And then it goes taut and it starts to drag the couple and they are fighting with everything they have, according to Alonzo, who was there and witnessed this. They're trying to hold on to stuff. Jackie hit her head really hard. But basically, it, there's no doubt in any of the people on board's mind that those two went over the edge, attached to an anchor that was rapidly sinking 3,500 feet deep. And they were definitely alive when they went overboard. Oh, my God. And that's the kind of that's the why this is one of those stories that just gives you nightmares. Like this couple was targeted for you know, a boat and their, and their very hard earned life savings. They had no connection to these people. They, they didn't do anything wrong other than, you know, believe that this young couple with kids was uh, on the up and up and they died in the most horrific way. And then Alonzo says after they went into the water that Skylar like jumped up and was like, woohoo, like we did it, you know, and then they cracked beers and JFK fished off the back of the boat while they drove it back in. So he is Ugh. obviously arrested um, for this crime. Now, the question is his wife, Jennifer, like how involved was she? You know, because she wasn't on the boat. Like that's everyone. Right. She was not there. But it turns out that a lot of this plan was actually Jennifer's idea. And the putting the family at ease by showing up with the baby, like all of that. She's like, if they seem nervous, just call me. I'll, I'll be right around the corner. So I'll get there quick. I'll have the kid. He called her before, during and after to like check in, make sure he was doing, you know, everything that they had talked about because she wanted money. She came from like a nice family. They were struggling. They were living in her parents' garage. They had a second baby on the way. So she turns out was the mastermind of this. And <sighs> she is then arrested they actually offered her immunity at the beginning if she would just testify against her husband like, and tell them what happened when they were still trying to figure it out before Alonzo basically took a deal. Uh, but she refused. So she could have never gone to prison if she just told them what happened. But she refused. She goes to, uh, on trial first. She is convicted and sentenced to two life sentences without the possibility of parole. Then it's, then it's Skylar's turn. Um. And I should mention, it's hard to like weave this into the story because it's separate. But one of the things that the cops found and when they searched Skylar's and Jennifer's garage apartment mm. was in Skylar's possessions was a business card for a Los Angeles like police detective who worked with Interpol. And they're like, that's weird. So they called this cop. It turns out this cop had interviewed Skylar about the murder of a man named John Jarvie who had been found on the side of the road just outside Ensenada with his throat slit. It turns out he was also an acquaintance of Skylar's when he was in prison. Skylar had told him that he had a big money-making like scheme for them and all he needed was to bring $50,000 and they were going to drive to Mexico and they were going to do this whole thing. And while in prison on work release, his buddy John Jarvie picks him up from jail, drives him to Mexico, where Skylar then steals the $50,000, slits his friend's throat, and leaves him by the side of the road, and then drives back in time to get back to prison that night. Oh and they God. only end up solving this murder because of like trying to solve Tom and Jackie's murder. So when he's on trial, he's on trial for three murders. 
Um, his lawyer doesn't even try. You know, he's like, he did all of this, but I want you to pay attention to how he was raised so that you know that he had a really rough childhood so that you don't put him to death, right? And the jury is like, F that. A lot of people have bad childhoods after mm-hmm. the trial's over, and he is sentenced to death, as is JFK sentenced to death. And Alonzo was given a 20-year sentence because he did help. Yeah. Like the police solved the crime and know all the details. Now, because the uh, death penalty has been uh, removed as something that happens in the state of California, uh, they're just still in prison. They never, you know, um, I'm referring, I guess, technically speaking, this was what was weird. And it doesn't have anything to do with the story, I think. But since being imprisoned, Skylar has actually uh, become a woman, like, is a transgendered woman now and is trying is on hormones and is trying to see if there's a legal way through the within the prison system to have the an actual surgery to like fully change and I guess there was like a lot of argument like should taxpayers pay for prisoners you know like a technically elective surgeries it's not you don't have to have it to live you know um so that's an interesting thing that doesn't have anything to do with the story but mm. that was like the where are they now kind of thing well wow. so still in prison Still calling herself Skylar. Um, I don't think, though. I mean, I think she is still in a man in the in a male's prison. Mm. Um, and so I will continue, you know, like because this one really haunts me. I just yeah. I, I the the unfathomable evil to not just kill two innocent people, you know, for your own because you're greedy and you just you want what they have, yeah. but to do it in such a way to. That's like just the most terrifying way to die, I can imagine. Yeah, it's it's so upsetting. So upsetting. And, and I mean, luckily they caught everyone involved. And honestly, it, they it was not looking good. And that's why this is kind of amazing, you know, just yeah. that that one woman would see that car that would connect it back to Skylar, that the, uh, the notary and that Alonzo would finally break, you know, when if they didn't, they maybe could never have proved any of this. And all three of those murders, the murder of John Jarvie and of Tom and Jackie Hawks could have gone easily could have gone unsolved. Yeah. Um, But instead two or three or four, there are four people involved of the most wicked, horrible, evil souls are, are in behind bars for the rest of their lives, I guess, except for Alonzo who will be released this all happened in 2004. So he'll probably be released in the next couple of years. The young guy, the prison guard. So right. that'll be another thing we can also follow up on. But that was my viewer discretion advised. Yeah. Overboard. Wow. I'm, I'm a little bit speechless. That That's a very fascinating story. And it just makes me think, oh, my God, you can't trust anyone. I'm, I, you know. It really does. I mean, it, it definitely makes you be like, I don't think I want to live in this world with, yeah. the, with the evil people that it's are everywhere. It's so random that that would happen to somebody. But like, it's not. Only, yeah, it's random. And then just the level of of cruelty and in the way that they killed them, too. It's like people do. I mean, it doesn't happen often. Again, most murders are committed by people, you know, but when people are with the exception of like serial killers that right. are infamous, you just don't usually hear stories of like, you know, something that's like so horrifying. You could only think it could happen in a movie, you know, yeah. and like people pleading for their life and their family and they did nothing to you. Yeah. And you and you and you choose to kill them one and then kill them in that way. Oh, my God. Ugh. Gosh. OK. Wow. OK. So that was 
That was a great story. But actually, I want to quickly talk about something that, um, Avern, you had mentioned, I think, a couple episodes ago, or maybe you didn't, but you were were maybe personally telling me about the TV show, the series, the Netflix series, Pieces Uh, of Her. Yes. Did you start it? Uh, I did. I started it. Oh, Uh, can't do it? I, no, no, no. I'm going to keep going, but I wasn't in the headspace. It was like right after you left, after we took the I, the oh. St. Patty's Day shots. And I right after this crazy moment happens, I was like, I'm going to just put a pin in it. Oh. But I will say Tony Collette is amazing. And so I just want to second your um, recommendation for that. Was I think, it, I think was it's it the, the very beginning in the restaurant? Was it the thing with the hand? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I, had I was like, holy, I don't know, holy shit, oh my God, oh my God. It was so, it was came so out of left field. It was like, or, you know, it was just like, I was oh, also yeah. like, yay, but then I was like, oh God, and then I was like, oh God. So I don't want to give anything away because, you know, it's kind of like the yeah. inciting incident for the it whole. sure is, yeah. Series, but anyways, I just wanted you to know. Well, I I'm, I'm glad that you decided to give it a shot. I'm sorry that. <laughs> <laughs> what's not for you <laughs> no no I'm, I'm gonna keep going I think if I can get past that that's probably the worst yeah yeah I mean right, right? sure <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't get any worse okay gotcha gotcha <laughs> guys thank you so much for listening this yes, week we love you and Absolutely. um yeah we will see you next Tuesday bye bye, bye.